When you're looking for reliable information, where do you go? Far too often in today's world, we're searching for truth and aching for support in ways and places that are just no good for us. We select a credible source based off of accolades and other material factors instead of seeking advice from people who have actually experienced what we're going through. Once upon a time, people were surrounded by resources, others who believed in them and validated their experiences. But today we are judged, we live in environments that make us feel unworthy, and we are constantly second-guessing ourselves and the way that we feel. The villages of support we once had and knew dissolved as we evolved, and we began to find our answers on devices from someone smarter or in places where we didn't feel so ashamed to tell our stories. Whether you're a mom trying to figure it all out for the first time, an entrepreneurial spirit who is ready to take the leap, or someone who is interested in chatting about the things that people normally don't want to talk about, the Credible Sources Podcast has something for you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Credible Sources podcast. Today's episode is going to be a solo episode where I talk a little bit about the village. So many of you who are listening know me probably from these village meetings that I've been hosting alongside some really awesome people over the past eight or so years. And recently, I decided to bring these village meetings back in the form of a pop-up village experience. So this is new for me, you know, doing this this solo episode and, you know, trying to keep the conversation going. But I really think that it's important for me to just show up here and share a little bit of information in these shorter episodes to address some of the things that... Um, I get asked about a lot and to just share for those of you who are interested or maybe for those of you who, you know, aren't really nearby in the Southwestern Pennsylvania area and are considering coming out for one of the events. So look, I mean, about eight years ago, I really started having some trouble in, in my life. So I was pregnant with my son. I was questioning like, everything. Um, And I was really just trying to find my way, you know, as most young mothers do. And when I started to feel really disconnected from all of the things that I was being told to do, I started to seek answers elsewhere. You know, (laughs) I quit looking for answers from the people who were close to me or the people that I was working with or the people who had been friends of mine for a long time. I was just convinced that like nobody had the answer that I was looking for. And I mean, fast forward 10 years and I'm, I'm sitting here writing a book about relentlessly pursuing yourself, you know, and, and, and the concept that we actually do, right. Have all of the answers within us. But when we're young, And especially if we don't have some sort of spiritual guidance or we're feeling a disconnect with the people who are around us, it's very, very easy to want to look outside of yourself 
for the answer to everything. And I will share here, you know, I've learned a lot from my mentors and I think it's imperative that we have a support system. I mean, the, the name of, of this, these groups and these meetings is the village, you know, it, it's the village for a reason, but also the, the bigger point that I'm trying to make is that you need to be surrounded by people who are helping you pursue yourself, who are supporting you in the relentless pursuit of yourself, who do not feel threatened by you becoming your ultimate self, you know, and I feel like so many of us so often are surrounded by people who don't know how to support us in that way. And not that they do it intentionally, and some of them do, but, you know, I think the large majority of people aren't equipped to support people um, as they step into their greatness. And, and I'm saying greatness because I just got off of a call um, with a group of people who I'm going to be meeting here in a few weeks when um, I go to LA for a, a day with Lewis Howes and some incredible people and his new book, The Greatness Mindset, um, his podcast, The School of Greatness. So this greatness theme is just kind of like being woven into everything that I'm talking about right now. But you know, the truth is not everybody wants you to be great. Not everybody wants you to step into your power and relentlessly pursue yourself because for them, it may mean, you know, insecurity for them. It may make them feel smaller. Um, and you know, I could go down a, a total rabbit hole with that, but what I'm trying to, to bring to this podcast is the journey that I've had that led up to the village, you know? So eight years ago, I'm pregnant with my son, feeling incredibly confused and had no idea like what was going on, right? You're like equally as excited and also feeling a little like guilty and ashamed to admit that you're feeling anything other than excitement, right? But um, you know, at the time I had a really great job and was doing, doing a really good job at my job and had a career path and, um, have always really enjoyed working and, and doing the thing, right. You know, I graduate high school, I get good grades, I go to college, I get married, you know, you do everything that you're told to do. And then you find yourself, um, trans transitioning into parenthood. And, um, you know, for me, I wanted to do things very differently. And I, I felt, I didn't feel a whole lot of support and, and there weren't a whole lot of resources. So anyway, you know, I become a mom, um, like most mothers, you're feeling kind of, you know, lonely, um, wondering as much as you're in love with your, your baby in this new part of your life, you're also feeling like, um, you know, like, who am I and how am I supposed to manage all of this? And, um, you know, what, what is, what does my look life look like now? I mean, I'm, I'm a very type a, like was once diagnosable OCD. Um, like I thrived with planning and goals and deadlines and all of this. And, um, you know, when I had my son, I, I don't think I fully understood that that was all going to have to, to disappear, right? Because 
um, not only was I not working um, in the same capacity, but also, you know, it's just like incredibly, it's incredibly hard to keep the same life, right? Like before and after children. So getting to the village, uh, my son was, I don't know, four or five, six months old, something like that. And I, I called up some people and I was like, Hey, you know, let's get together kind of like mommy group style, right? Like, let's get the group together. Let's get some people together. And and so we did, you know, we did that for quite some time. Um, a group of us, you know, some, not necessarily the same group, but just women and their kids. And we would do crafts at each other's houses and we would go to indoor parks and, you know, we would go to each other's, um, I don't know, like just birthday parties, whatever was going on. And I started to realize that I, like, I needed more. Um, I've always been a deep person. I've always been a pretty spiritual person. I, I don't really like surface level conversations. Um, I mean, I'll do it, but it's hard. I just want to go deep and I want to talk about like the stuff that's in there. And I, I want to have these philosophical, hypothetical conversations with people and I want to be challenged and I want to challenge them. And I was really aching for that. While I loved meeting with these women and watching our kids play and get to know each other, um, I, as a person, was feeling like a shell. You know, I'm like, what the heck? Like, where am I? And when do I get that part of me back? Um, so I began to write. I've always been a, a journaler and a reader and you know, I, I found myself writing and I found myself losing myself in Netflix series, you know, cause I, I just needed some depth. I needed something that would take me to this place within me that I felt was dormant. And, um, it was just a lot of, it was a lot of, um, conflict. You know, I had a lot of conflict within me because while I was so happy, and my son is like, both of my kids, I've been saying for years, they're my greatest teachers. And um, you've got this like, just beautiful gift, right? And in, in this child, um, but there's a lot of shame out there around having a healthy baby, but also not feeling complete and also not feeling seen or heard or, you know, like you have to choose, like, like one of you gets to be happy or you only get to experience one or the other. And, um, I remember witnessing some of the other women experiencing the same things, you know, and it's not just, um, you know, we weren't just having conversations about, again, surface level tiffs between, you know, a woman and her husband or something. It was this collective longing for something more. And also the conflict of, you know, why can't I just be happy with this? Why can't I just be content here? And um, it was wild to 
see that I wasn't the only one experiencing it. So when I caught wind that there were others who weren't as ashamed, you know, to share this out loud, um, I started to do a little digging and, you know, some, some low key amateur research and was just reading about all of these different things, these different stories that these women experience, because obviously I'm not the first woman to ever have a child. Right. But I, I do feel like there aren't many women who are as loud about the feelings that they have or, or the experience that they have or, or what becoming a parent is actually like for a family. You know, it's, it's, it shakes up your world, you know, and you're not totally prepared for it. And if you've not had this experience, if your life just went on the way that it was when you had your baby, God love you. And I'm so happy for you. But for me, it rocked my world in so many amazing ways, but also in some really challenging ways. And I'm thankful for that because it's made me who I am. And also because it pushed me to seek my own village, you know, to seek my own group of people who I felt safe to share with. So when I realized that these mommy groups just weren't enough, God would have it that I would, in in perfect timing, meet a woman named, who is now Kate Kim. And um, Kate and I met, it's an entirely different story, but we met at times in our lives when, you know, things weren't too great. And I, I'll just kind of put it that way. And when I met her, she and I had a mutual, a mutual understanding of where we were in our lives. And she had some friends who felt similarly. And we decided that it would be a good idea to start getting us together. And we talked about how, you know, it takes a village. It, it, it truly takes a village. And sometimes to this day, I think it sounds a little cliche, but it really, there's no other way to put it. What we've been doing in these village meetings for years now is creating a space where people feel safe to show up as they are. And I don't know about you, but for years, I didn't have that. For, for, for a very, very, very long time, I was masking my way through my entire life. And we all do this in, in some capacity. Um, but I wasn't even aware really that I was doing it. I just thought that that's what normal life was. And I just thought that that's what people do is you just, you act this way over here and you act this way over here and you act this way in front of these people and this way in front of these people, because you, you want to have a particular kind of presence and you want to have a particular kind of response. And that's exhausting. So when you walk into a room where you can take every mask off and let every guard down and just rest it for two hours. It's my belief that some incredible miracles can occur. And I wouldn't put it like that after our third, fourth or fifth meeting, but 
I'm not even really sure how many of these we have done at this point. And I can say with confidence that people's lives have changed. And um, it's not because of me. It's not because of anything that I particularly do or say. It's because there's an opportunity for us to just be. And what I've been ranting and raving about lately is, you know, everyone wants to belong to something. Everybody wants to belong to a community, to a family, to a mission. But so many of us can't even be, we can't even be in our own bodies. We can't even be in our own, with our own selves. We can't even sit in silence for 10 minutes without becoming restless and our mind wandering and us having to, you know, do something and distract ourselves. We can't even be, but we want to belong. And what I've witnessed take place at the village is this feeling of belonging actually allows you to just be. Because for many people who entered these circles, it was the first time they felt what it felt like to experience truly no judgment. And so Kate and I started having these meetings. Our very first meeting, it was just me, her, and, and one other person. And then our, our biggest meeting had 24, 25 people, which was kind of too big, but that one was perfect. You know, it was what it needed to be. And we've had people from 15 years old to 94 years old sit in these circles. And we've had men and we've had women and we've had mothers and, you know, single people. We've had entrepreneurs. We've had millionaires. We've had um, people who like have no idea what they're doing. We've had people on all, all like everywhere on the spectrum. And that's the point. You know, the point for me is that I don't want to duplicate somebody, you know, I don't want to give, give somebody five steps to like, you know, change your entire life. Like I'm never going to, to make a claim like that or to dictate your steps. But what I will say and this is something that many of my mentors have said, and you've probably heard this before. What I will say is if you, if you commit to baby steps and dedicate, dedicate time and effort to yourself over the long term, it's impossible for you to not experience results. It's just literally impossible for you to not experience some kind of change. The problem lies when we don't we we don't have the support around us or we don't feel worthy of committing to ourselves we feel like we don't deserve the commitment and we we reprioritize our entire life to serve other people and we think we're being good you know we think we're doing a good thing when we're actually just you know, giving fumes, pouring what's little left out of an, an empty cup. And, and we've been saying this for years in the village too. Again, maybe a little cliche, but I think sometimes we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to this place where we're just doing the thing that needs done and discussing 
the things that are hard to discuss and normalizing the conversations around the feelings that every single human on this planet has. And that's what happens in the village. So we have these meetings. We had them bi-weekly. We had them weekly. We pulled back and had them monthly. We had them, you know, at all kinds of different places. We had a brick and mortar called the village in Uniontown where we rented, you know, for a little while. And if you're near here, you may remember that. Um, but the thing, the one thing that has remained true is that the village is not a place, you know, it's a vibe, we would say, right? Like we we know that we've got people in our lives who've got our backs. We know we've been through some stuff with each other. And just to clarify, these groups are never the same. It's not like there were five or six of us. And then there were like, we were all at the meetings all the time. It was a very dynamic and organic group. So whoever came to the meeting came to the meeting. But generally speaking, you know, the meetings didn't happen with myself or, or and Kate. Um, but you know, I obviously was at every single one of them. And my role at these village meetings is to facilitate a safe space. So for the first couple of years, I didn't even really say a whole lot at the meetings until it was brought to my attention that my feedback was, was requested. You know, people wanted to know um, what I thought or what I would um, say, you know, or, or what was like coming through me in that moment to share. Um, and I know it's like, kind of like I'm, I'm speaking about this enigma, this like mysterious thing, but I'm trying to, to demystify what the village is because it's really applicable in everybody's lives. It's just, I have somehow, um, been given the skill to really hold space for, for a group and, you know, not necessarily a large group, but a group with a lot of big feelings and sometimes a lot of heaviness. And while I'm not and never have ever claimed to be trained, certified, a therapist, any of these things, I think that sometimes, and this is where my podcast comes in, you know, Credible Sources podcast, I think sometimes we forget about the wisdom that's innately within us just from life experience and from, you know, what we get passed down to us that again, just like I did, we go searching for all of these answers from people who we think are smarter than us, or we're scrolling through our phone on wherever trying to find answers instead of just looking to our left and looking to our right and the people who've experienced and genuinely asking them for their support, for their testimony, for their, you know, suggestions and recommendations for whatever it is that you're going through in your life. So to break down what happens when we come into a village meeting you know, we do sit in a circle on the floor. <laughs> like we sit in a circle on the floor. It might be a little too kumbaya for some of you, but maybe that's what you need. When was the last time you just like rolled into somewhere, took your shoes off and like sat down on a pillow, you know, and didn't have to worry about anything, just came up in there for yourself. And I typically will take some time to just kind of like settle into the room we do brief introductions, and then I relay the rules of, of, of the group. And the rules are few, but some of them are, for example, the village is somewhere where we don't censor ourselves. So if you need to curse, if you need to, like, whatever you need to do, you do it. Um, what happens at the village stays at the village. 
we want to have a mutual respect for the people who show up, who are there vulnerably sharing that we're not going to then go out and repeat, you know, these people's personal stories. Um, we don't apologize. So many people, especially women, the moment they start crying or they start really sharing, they feel like they're oversharing. And then we'll start saying, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry I'm crying right now. You will be corrected every time in that group because we don't apologize for emoting. We don't apologize for moving energy and emotion through our bodies. It's not something we need to apologize for. You take as long as you need and you go as deep into that feeling as you need to. We can hold it. Um, we have some other little rules here and there. Another one would be, you know, it's not a place to come and bash people. So, you know, we don't come in and just talk about people. I, I nurture the group and the conversation so that it remains productive and um, applicable, you know, to those in, in the group. And we've been also saying this for years, you know, a lot of people think that they come to the village to talk only to realize that they're there to listen. Something about showing up in that circle and hearing that you're not the only one having a bad day or you're not the only one in a really shit situation, something about that just makes everything better. And you could think that you're coming in and you've got all this stuff on your mind and on your heart and you just need to spew it out all over the floor and you just need to vent. And then you get in there and we typically do some sort of you know, meditation or some, some way to anchor into the group together, you know, so that we just all kind of feel safe and connected. And it's like something about that opening. Um, and, and maybe the first person who shares, right. Just makes you feel like, wow, whew, like I can breathe. And actually I don't feel as, um, like I have this impulse anymore to share everything that I need to share. And you feel safer and you feel more connected and you feel more human and you feel just more um, calm and more you and you can just like, okay, I can bring the height of that emotion down now because I'm not the only one and, and life can sometimes be hard and, and we do go through difficult challenges and traumas and loss and um and just frankly it can suck sometimes and when you don't have somebody in your life you can trust to go to without some kind of caveat or string attached it's really hard to manage those moments and that in my belief is when we start to spiral out because instead of going to a safe place for support we continue to eat the feelings and shove them down while still trying to operate normally in our daily life. And we all can understand what happens the more you continue to just push things down. It doesn't ever leave. You know, it, it's got to be dealt with at some point and it will come out in some way. It's just, will it be under a controlled circumstance or is it going to be something that may come out in a moment that you least expect it that will cost you something that you know you really didn't want to lose so we come into these groups we meet in these groups and like I said they've always been about two hours and what I noticed 
a couple of years into doing this was that people were lingering after the meeting and the meeting just wasn't long enough. And so I decided to do events. And that's when I, you know, really wanted to do these women's retreats. And and I honestly have like lost track of time and when this started and what the chronological order is. But I know that in my heart, this was my like intent. You know, I, I began to realize that time with people one-on-one wasn't enough or the village meetings just weren't long enough and people were craving a little more. So I started doing these women's retreats, which were typically day-long events. And I honestly am not sure how many of them I ever did, but in, in each retreat, I would have eight to 12 women and we would do a variety of different things. We would have different practitioners come in. So, you know, massage therapists and things like that. But then we would also teach on different topics and, you know, again, just give people the opportunity to be around other like-minded people and to do something for themselves. And so the last retreat that I did on a big scale was in August of 2019. And I had it in New York City. And we had women there from a variety of different places. We had somebody from Canada, um, Wyoming. Um, We had a couple of girls from Tennessee. And I'm not even sure if that really counts because she's actually from here and moved down to Tennessee. But, you know, we had people from Nikki, if you're listening. Um, We had people from all over and it felt so good. It felt so, so, so good. And I chose to do it in New York because... Um, at the time, Gabby Bernstein was having a um, an event there for a new book, I think, and I was working the event as part of her team as a volunteer, and it just felt like, hey, if I'm going to go to New York, and I know all these other people who are going to be there, um, why would I not host my own event and open some spots and and do this right? So I did, and I had a vision to the next year, um, have like a retreat tour kind of thing. And and I was looking at different venues in California and, you know, again, in New York and kind of making, um, you know, making this like trek across several different places, um, over the year in 2020. And then we all know what happened in 2020. And, um, then I also had a lot of personal life changes in starting in early 2020. So I share all of that to say that um, now, you know, I'm, I'm resurrecting a lot of this stuff and this is very divinely orchestrated. I've been put through an incredibly turbulent um, couple of years and I've learned a lot. Um, I've invested a lot of time in myself and um, you know, money working with mentors that I really believe in and who believed in me. And I've also just experienced a lot of different things and have learned from a lot of different people, especially the people who were brave enough to share their stories in the village. And I've also learned that what we have at the village is extremely unique and that it's something that people need. So I've decided to bring these village meetings back, like I mentioned, in the form of pop-up village experiences, because um, 
I mean, ultimately it's just what God's calling me to do. You know, it's really not like so much about why I want to do it or how it's just like, I, I was like, kind of like commanded to do this. And, and here we are. So I had the first meeting, um, just a couple of days ago in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, and it was a great way to kick things off. And, um, I'm really grateful to those of you who showed up to that. And I hope that you took something away. And then directly after that village experience, I went with Lauren and Gianna who are like my like ride or die, um, you know, part of this lady Beck team, whatever it is that we're doing over here. And we went and like locked ourselves in a hotel conference room for six hours and did a major like strategy session on how we're going to, you know, hold ourselves accountable to better show up um, and continue, you know, to show up for the people we know we're here to serve. So what that looks like is I've, I've got another village meeting scheduled for April, one scheduled for May, and then I've got this really cool launch event scheduled for June 30th and July 1st. And, um, you know, that's going to be taking the place of my old school retreats. So, you know, for those of you who've attended the retreats in the past and are used to like yoga pants, robes, massage therapists, you know, this is going to take place in, um, in a hotel conference room. I've got a block of, of rooms, like sleeping rooms set aside for people who decide to register. And it's going to be a little more sophisticated and professional. Um, but it's, it's the same, the same old me and the same old, like the same old kind of story, just with some more depth and structure, because, you know, what I've learned over these past few years is you've got to have a plan, you know, you got to have a plan. And God continues to tell me Becca, quit being casual like button this stuff up, get it looking good, clean it up and quit being casual because for as long as you continue to be casual, there are people who aren't going to invest in themselves because they're sensing that you may not be totally sure about your mission here. And at this point in my life, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I want to help you I want to help anybody who's ready to help themselves relentlessly pursue themselves, relentlessly pursue themselves, because I've realized that my through line has been just that, that no matter what it's cost me, I've been in this relentless pursuit of myself and I felt guilt around it. I felt shame around it. I felt like something was wrong with me, especially after I became a mother and I still wanted to relentlessly pursue myself and my goals and my dreams and my wants and, you know, what I liked. Relentlessly pursue yourself, not to be selfish, not to be egoic, not to put yourself on a pedestal, but so that you can expand so much that you can pour out into others. Because I'll tell you what, as somebody who really loves other people and comes from a heart-centered place, I'm going to tell you firsthand how difficult it is to pour from an empty cup. 
it's hard to show up for your spouse and your kids and your family and your friends and your job. And then to what? Give yourself the time that you have left over. I know someone out there listening to this right now is like feeling super triggered because I'm calling you out. This is what the world tells us we should do. You know, take care of the family, be a good friend, be a good daughter, be a good this, be a good that. Make sure you make this much money and you do these many, this many things and you look this way and you do that, whatever. But what about you? Like, what about you? Where do you like to go eat? What's your favorite color? What kind of music do you like? What makes you sad? What makes you really happy? What triggers you? What do you do to cope? What are your patterns? What are your toxic traits? You know, who are you? Who are you behind being a wife or a mother, a husband, a friend? Who are you outside of your job? Do you even know? And what I found in those village meetings was that a lot of us didn't know. And a lot of our anger and emotion and fear was coming from the place in the disconnect between who we were presenting as and who we were aching to be. And the only way you can move closer into the person you're aching to be is to surround yourself with people who don't feel panicked or threatened by it. It's hard to do alone. Not saying it can't be done alone, but it's easier when you have people around you who are wanting you to win. And I don't know about you, but I didn't really have that. And again, not saying that anybody intentionally went out of their way to tear me down. But when we're so laser focused on the things the world tells us we have to do, it's really hard to look around to see what the other people in our lives need. And so when you relentlessly pursue yourself, in my opinion, and you take accountability and responsibility for changing your life and making it what you want. You can choose to show up to places like the village. You can choose to invest in, you know, a week long retreat with somebody like Gabby Bernstein and go to a master class. You can fly across the country to, you know, have a whatever attend a webinar or seminar, I guess it would be, right? Like an, an experience, something with like-minded people. Um, and that's exactly what I did because I was like, you know what? I'm not finding the support here. So I'm going to go where I feel like I can belong, where I can be in these rooms and be accepted so I can come back and belong. Until I became strong enough, and this took years, and I'm still constantly evolving. We all will continue to be. But now I don't feel like I have to mask. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we all do mask. But I don't feel like I have to do it as much because I'm just who I am regardless of what room I'm in. And if you don't like it, then okay. You know? I try really hard to not intentionally do anything that would offend anybody, that would hurt anybody. And if I do, I'll take full accountability for it. 
but I know that I can be myself, which helps me to belong no matter where I am. But until I could feel this anchored and this anchored in myself and, and my truth, I went to where I knew I wouldn't be judged. And when I would come back from these tr events, I felt like I needed to create more of a community here for the people who maybe didn't have the opportunity to go or maybe didn't know about the opportunities to go. But it's always been predicated on the through line has always been, even though I've just put words to it in the past probably six months, it has always been to relentlessly pursue yourself, to get clear about who you are and what you want and why, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. If you're unsatisfied in an area of your life, how can we change that? And how can you relentlessly go after that, regardless of what's going on around you? How can you truly live in when there's a will, there's a way? How can you do that? Because for me now, 10 years into this, it's so clear to me how the dots connect. And I'm proud of myself for continuing to show up. Even when the people closest to me told me I was crazy, didn't understand, would never really talk to me about it. Um, Sometimes I felt like they were agitated about how relentless I can really be. And that's fine. But I also have vision. And I know that I'm put here for a lot more. And I know that so many of you are too. And because you don't have a safe space or somebody to share that with, you're like imploding at your nine to five. You're imploding within your marriage, you know, like you're scared to death to express how you really feel and what you want. And I know that because I've been there and it wasn't until I found these rooms of safety that let me share who I really was. It wasn't until I showed people everything that I had and they still loved and accepted me, you know, that I realized like, wow. I've been hiding parts of myself and watering myself down for so long just to suit a few people that I really don't even need to worry about. So I want to ask you, well, I want to thank you for listening to this, this episode, and I hope it provided some kind of value and insight into the nature of, of what the village is about. Um, you really have to come to experience it. And I say, if you're feeling called, I would just do it already. Um, and especially if you're feeling a little nervous and you're not sure, I would, I would challenge you to, to do it. And I, I do, I want you to relentlessly pursue yourself because that's the only way that we can truly show up for other people. And the last thing I'll leave you with today, and I'll do a solo episode on this more specifically later, but the, the other part of the work that I'm focusing on this year is becoming actually who you are potentially. And a lot of this work is 
based off of Abraham Maslow's um, theory of human motivation. A lot of us are aware of his hierarchy of needs. Um, I've been fascinated with him since I wrote a paper on him, uh, I don't know, 12 years, whatever, in college. And um, it's just really cool to see how all of these different things that I've learned in these books that I've read and these people that I've studied and these people that I've worked with, how it's all clearly intersecting for me right where I know I'm meant to serve. And so that is my foundation and that is my pursuit um, that's, you know, a little like contingent, I guess, on, on the pursuit of myself. It's how do I also take my experience and turn it into one that people can learn from? And how do I use my gifts to relay all of the information that I've taken in over the years? You know, how can I continue to show up for people to help them along in their journeys? How can I continue to provide these containers for people to show up and feel safe just the way they are? Like no mask, no judgment, just coming in and, and sharing, you know, and feeling maybe for the first time in their life, like, like they belong. So please, um, go to ladybeck.com. You'll be able to see everything that you need. Feel free to contact me. I'm always here. And again, I just, I thank you guys for listening. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for listening to this one. Please check out some of the the ones that I've done. I've interviewed some really awesome people so far. And if you've been in my world for a while, I appreciate you. I'm so thankful for you. It's been a rough few years and I just have to express that I'm really, really grateful for all of you being patient with me. I'm incredibly proud of every single one of you who have changed your life as a result of showing up at the village and finally claiming your worth and your power. And, you know, I say this all the time and I've been saying it for years, but this is just the beginning. Well, everybody, that wraps up another episode of the Credible Sources podcast. Thank you so much again for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you being here. If you found yourself thinking about somebody during this episode who you feel could benefit from the information that we talked about, please be sure to share this and pass it along with them. If you're interested in learning more about today's credible source, be sure to check out the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you again here on the Credible Sources podcast.